Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. It is Monday, December 22nd. and February. February. What did I say? December. Oh, my God. I've missed two months. <laughs> I hope you leave that in, too, because like that sums up pretty much all of this. I did that the other day where I was working on the paperwork, the schedule for the upcoming week, and my brain saw the 25th, and my brain went, oh, God, it's my mom's birthday. We got to do a Skype thing for my mom. And I totally forgot that we did that on January oh my 25th. God. But my brain, because we're in this weird loophole, like, I think my brain was like, oh, that was for Christmas. Yeah. So 25th is mom's birthday, but I got the month wrong in my brain. Totally different. So, yeah. So <laughs> it is February 22nd. There we go. And if avid listeners are paying attention to our quality of voice here, it's because we're back in the Mayfair with the good technology and the good microphones and... You can hear us better. Yeah, despite what Josh would have you believe, it's 2021. 2022? <laughs> this is our first time. Yeah, whatever year it is, it's not that bad year. It's this different year. And so we're in person for the first time in a while. If you're listening in a timely manner, it's the time where none of us know what the hell's going on. Yeah, it is snowing like crazy outside. So it looks like December 22nd, I guess. Yeah. And I got cocky. I was like, oh, winter's over. Because a week <laughs> ago, I was I was biking. And now wow. it's uh, winter again. Yikes. But it's nice. Like, it's mild. You know, like, it is snowing like crazy. But it's like the good kind of snow. It's winter wonderland. Yeah. So it's been lovely to be back in the cinema. We had a very good weekend. Lots of loyal patrons and familiar faces coming back. A nice diverse batch of movies and we've just been busy like it was just so nice on thursday night it felt like christmas eve to me it was like oh the anticipation we're coming back and just the simple dumb joy of doing the twitter in the morning on friday the 19th because my routine is i'll just do a little like blurb in the show times and a link to our website and just doing that was so nice and even though it's work, just getting a baby step back towards normalcy. Yeah. You know, but as actually, much as we can. Because you have to actually come in now. Like before, it was yeah. all fun yeah. games. You're at home. Yeah, it's fine. He's going for walks. But now he's like, I got to get across the city and actually do work now. I have responsibilities now. <laughs> yeah, I hate this. What, you worked Friday. Was that your first time, like, on a bus or kind of making a yeah. longer trek in a couple yeah. months? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Must have been weird. I mean, I feel safe here. I just, oh, being, on sure. the, being on the bus is a little tricky, a little yeah. scary. I'm kind of blase about it now because I've been doing it for a couple, well, months, I guess now. It's like, I don't love it, but it's just kind of, I'm, I'm just used to it at this point. It's just like, you know, most of the people are fine. Like I, they're pretty, pretty calm. Like the weirdest thing I've seen is just, there was like a bowl of cereal all over the ground of a bus. Like just, it looked like corn pops or something. I'm like, it's gotta be a story behind that, but moving yeah. on. <laughs> Wait, what? So not only was someone not wearing their mask, <laughs> they were eating a bowl of cereal? I get, or they wanted to, but then dropped it. I don't know. Like there, the bowl wasn't there, but it was just like a bowl sized of what I believe was corn pops. And it was right in the center of one of those, like the double wide buses that, that turns, you know, and the thing. And so it was right in the turny moment. So I'm like, was someone just going for that spoonful? And they're like, whoa. And it went all over the floor. Like, <laughs> Gowza. Yeah, seriously. I just Imagine the poor bus driver hearing the sound of a cereal bowl hitting the floor, stopping the bus, and then walking back and kind of sighing, being like, yeah, you got to get off the bus now. I'm too old for this shit. I took a picture, but I was like, I eventually deleted it because I was like, what what am I doing? I'm like glorifying this weird (laughs) moment. Like it wasn't even that funny. It was more sad than anything. Lee did an interview with somebody that I read online. (laughs) You don't even know anymore. It's It's a blur. I don't know what's going on. But he said, he said, like, we trust our patrons. We've had a very good track record. Knock on all the wood that we haven't had someone come in and yell at us about these stressful times. 
people wearing masks, people staying away from each other. And we're just, we're all doing our best, but I'm just, yeah, you're right. Like I feel safe here the same way as it is in a, a grocery store that's doing a good job. Or when I went to the dentist, everybody's doing what they, what they can do. And you don't walk into like the dentist or walk into the Mayfair or walk into a grocery store. And there's like a bunch of people not with masks touching things, you know, it, and we, like even at 50 people in here, we have a hundred seats available. So even when we're sold out at 50, you still got some leg room. And you're never closer than three seats, which is over the two meter rule. So you're right. Gwen and I watched one movie so far during this comeback. And it was so nice to be back. But also, like, I never felt like Lee told the horror story about going to a multiplex. And uh, it wasn't the same story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not so much. And now we're the only game in town. Which is so weird. Like, talk about throw those words out there, like silver lining and bittersweet and whatever. But, like, I know... Our friends over at the Bytown, if I got this correctly, are coming back on Friday. Uh, Andrew, you have some tickets for that, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to see in the... Not to... Well... <laughs> so what is this? <laughs> not to plug another theater. Yeah, it's yeah. safe. It's a goodwill. Uh, this is the, the Bytown I'm, podcast. I'm going... I was supposed to go see In the Mood for Love, the Wong Kar Wai movie on Boxing Day. So, of course, that got canceled or postponed. So I'm going to that on Saturday, and that'll probably be my last yeah. hurrah at the Bytown. Man. That's like, how you got to get popcorn, I guess. I mean, you, yeah. you do whatever you were going to do, you know, and then just try not to think about it being the last time. That that feels more depressing, you know, just just be in the moment. But don't you'll start crying midway through the movie, you know, <laughs> not because of the movie even, you know. It's so weird. You see stuff like that where people are going out in a celebratory manner. I remember seeing it for a sports team like the Winnipeg Jets or something like that, where they knew it was their la- like, I, I don't think they made the playoffs the year that they went away and now they're back. But so all the fans are there. Everyone's buying merch. Everyone's having a good time. But it's like, yep, this is it. This is the end. So it's a very strange position to be in. And for the Bytown, like, I think they're I think they're back for one week doing like a best of. It doesn't matter us advertising our quote unquote competitors because they're sold out across the board, I believe. And then we don't know what the future holds Damn. for that <laughs> cinema and building. But Andrew's uh, tickets are worth a lot more than we realized. <laughs> yeah, because scalpers out there. Man, crazy. But for us, yeah, as we speak, we are the only cinema in Ottawa. The closest is, I think, if you cross the border over into Quebec, I think there's a multiplex within some drive. Mm. I have no idea, but I know they're open over there. And then when the Bytown comes back and goes away, I don't know what the plan is for Cineplex, for Canada's big chain, but having just walked by Lansdowne a number of times in the last few days, they still just have a sign up saying, we're closed. They don't have any more specificity than that so who knows what that's going to be but i think the multiplex in canada i think they're at least doing uber eats for popcorn are they Mm. doing the private thing too maybe i don't know probably i don't think so but i think you can get i mean come to us don't go there yeah come to us (laughs) we're closer it's it's more centrally located and our popcorn's better it's so much better i kind of thought they'd be doing more private showings like wouldn't that be like the only thing you could do like for cineplex it's just like not that i'm you know whatever they're a competitor from what i understand they just they were about to make their big comeback with wonder woman 84 on christmas day and I think which you might, I hear is a terrific movie. Oh yeah, oh poor like, top I, notch, top notch. Like I said, I'm the worst film critic in the world because I don't like being mean to movies. But I wanted to love and embrace Wonder Woman '84. It had such good ad campaign and posters and cast. And I'm I'm of that age where like the '80s is my thing. I like the '80s. 
But yeah, something didn't work. I don't know. Something didn't come together. And I think it's a talented director and everything. But yeah, just one of those movies that just not the worst thing ever. It didn't make me like angry, but mm. I was just like, oh, it didn't work. It's too long. It was like two and a half hours. It felt well. It felt longer, but it, it was at least two. You know the weirdest thing that Lee pointed out that I didn't notice while watching is that there's very little '80s in it. Like for something <laughs> that went out of its way to go, we're in '84. There's one montage where Chris Pine is kind of trying on goofy 80s clothes. And I could be wrong. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But there wasn't like that 80s soundtrack to where there might be in like a Tarantino movie or something, you know? Mm. So I found that weird that they went out of their way to be, we're 84. But it could have just been present day, really. Yeah. Except for like people had didn't have cell phones. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, the least of its problems, of course. But yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I was like, because I did like that advertising campaign and that even that poster. Oh, the like, posters are beautiful. Which my wife thought was an eyesore. But I was like, no, no, it's great. You, <laughs> you love it. It's good. But yeah, it didn't live up to that poster. I guess that's, that's sad to say. But in this crazy world we're in, I don't think it's a flop because I think it made some money where it could on the big screen. And evidently on uh, hbo it was gangbusters like its ratings were crazy so well it's like were you able to just watch it on hbo with this subscription or did you have to pay extra? no i think you had to pay now, like 30 bucks to watch it on itunes yeah i think mm. now you could watch it before you had to yeah pay a bunch of money it worked like people paid i guess so yeah which is good like I, i'm so conflicted about that especially when it's something i didn't really love but i'm like well i want these things to make money also because i want more of them to a point but yeah i mean what, what are you supposed to do like i really am curious as to how that would have done if it got released normally and just you know like just rolled out the way it was. like would it just have been the yeah. same as the first one like uh, who knows well i read alex winter who we had two films from him on screen during these in-between lockdown times. Fairly close together, we had his directorial documentary about Frank Zappa, and then we had him on screen in Bill and Ted Face the Music. And he was talking about how both those movies were, from the point of view of his powers that be, successful. Because Zappa and Bill and Ted 3 both got onto screens like ours and made a little bit of money both were not humongous budgets then they both did very well on video on demand and then they both seem to be doing well with nerds pre-ordering the fancy blu-ray box sets so his bosses at the distributors were like yeah we didn't make a hundred million dollars but zappa cost eight million dollars to make and bill and ted cost 20 million dollars to make and Bill and Ted ended up making 25 million and Zappa made 15 million and we're happy. That's the world we're in now where I think less and less we're going to be, there still will be, but less and less we're going to be like a movie has to make a billion dollars or it's a flop because they're going to get used to these other revenues. That doesn't kill the Mayfair at all because if Eric was not involved with the Mayfair and the new Nick Cage movie was coming out. Oh, well, that's, that's Nick, Nick Cage. Cage now. Yeah. It's Nick Cage on the phone. Andrew stole my bit. I'll let the answer machine get that. If we had the new Nick Cage movie playing and you had pre-ordered the Blu-ray, yeah. I hazard a guess that you would still come here yeah. and pay your seven bucks as a member to watch 
your hero on the big screen. Oh, for sure. Well, especially some, well, I mean, any Nick Cage movie, but I mean, especially something like Killer Animatronic Robots. Prisoners of the Ghostland is like this big, expansive universe. Like, these movies are not, it's not something you're going to enjoy as much on a small screen, especially for fans of a, of a particular actor or whatever. But for me, like, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. I'm still hoping, I'm hoping we get Willy's Wonderland. I'm not, you know, we got a lot going on. I get it. Nick Cage is not our number one priority. <laughs> or sorry, not your number one priority. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I know. That's how I feel. It's even, you know, and it's so weird. We've talked before, but it's like, oh, $30. That's, you know, that's so expensive. But then if you really break it down, I mean, if you're not someone who works at a theater, I should say, then it's like, well, you were going to be out at least 40 bucks if you were going yeah. to the theater. I came to realize that it is our or my complaining about the price of something the way somebody comes in here still all the time. Once a month, once every two weeks, some lovely 85-year-old person will come in and be like, when I was a kid, I could come here for a quarter and I could buy a bag of popcorn and two movie tickets and a pony and... and moon uh, pie. Yeah, 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 moon pies, yeah. And so now, now that's me where I'm like, uh, paying $30 to rent a movie. But then you realize if you're kind of a traditional family and you've got two parents and two kids, if you were lucky paying 15 bucks a tickets for the parents and... I don't even know, 10 bucks, eight bucks for the kids. You're like, oh yeah, that's not bad. And especially during these crazy times, it's Mm -hmm. like a treat. Like we're not doing this every night for 30 bucks, but we're doing this once. Yeah. And even if you did like a Tuesday night, if you're factoring in transportation costs, that's still going to be 30 bucks. You know, so and once again we've stumbled into talking about things we shouldn't that, do right. as responsible business people for this place. Yeah, and you can't even go to a Tuesday night thing because we're the only place open. Yeah, we don't I'm, do those. I'm Tuesday hoping nights. when this is over, like people will be even more hungry to leave the house and. I think so. I mean, we've have seen a it. renewed kind of desire to uh, go out to dinner, go to the movies, yeah. see Andrew, buy popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like imagine when. In that fantastical future world where this likely is not going to go away 100% like magic, but where we've all got our vaccinations and we're better and all the numbers are down and we're in like whatever the best color is. I was green. We're in the green zone. And just those bigger things too. Like a little over a year ago, Gwen and I were in Seattle and the world was normal and we were going to museums and restaurants and we flew there. And now that seems like impossible. Like, I can't imagine flying to the other side of the continent to go on vacation. And we'll get back there. But I haven't been... It's so funny. You know, like, I don't do it, but you could track your walking or your biking. Gwen does it sometimes where she goes, oh, I biked this far today. And you see a map of the city. Mm -hmm. If you did that to me right now, it would be like my house, (laughs) Mayfair. Yeah. And then, like, little jaunts, like I said, to, like, the dentist, the grocery store, that kind of thing. But I haven't been down to... Little Italy or Gloucester or where the multiplexes are where I might go a couple times a year or like Montreal, Toronto, where I would go at least a few times a year to visit friends and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So like my footprint for a year, for almost a year, has been a a 20 minute walk or 10 minute bike ride between my place and the Mayfair. Like that's pretty much it. Yeah. Mine's mostly the couch and work. (laughs) That's about it. So just that, like in the alternate universe where this never happened, Gwen and I... One of our vacations in 2020 was we were going to go off season. Don't go in the summer. Don't go in March break. Don't go at Halloween. But go in late September to Disneyland or go in April or whatever. You pick a time where not all the families and vacationers are there. 
because we wanted to go to Star Wars land. Mm-hmm. And now that's just waiting. I don't think we're going this year, but maybe next year, maybe 2023. Who knows? Yeah, because that must still be closed. No, they're open because they're they insane. Open. At least Florida oh, was. Oh, because it's Florida. Right. I think Disneyland <laughs> is closed because California is actually doing its yeah. thing. Florida is having WrestleManias and Super Bowls because yeah. they're just like, that's ah, fine. <laughs> Euro Achieve Scratchy Land is open. <laughs> yeah. Monster truck rallies. Yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, that's, uh, that's anytime I'm confused. It's fine. Florida's always the answer whenever I'm like, wait, what? what? Oh, Florida. Florida. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the ticket. So, yeah, so we were planning to go to Disneyland just because I've never been and it's I've been to Disney World. That just seems like when your goals are. I hope I can go to my mom's house for Thanksgiving and sit around a table. That's kind of my long goal for 2021. I'm not thinking about vacations. I'm not thinking about anything more than that. No, I have no plan. I, I'm, I look forward to movies and that's, uh, well, I don't want to say that's it. That sounds bleak. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I just look forward to our, Edgar Wright's doing a Running Man readaptation. Oh, that's so amazing. Well, he also has a movie coming out. Yeah, I know, but last, who cares about that? Running Man. <laughs> last Night at Soho? Yeah, that which also looks amazing. But I'm just like... I thought I was listening to two podcasts ago on the way here because I'm too behind. Josh was talking about Stephen King and I mentioned The Running Man. I was like, oh man, in the time in between yeah. that, they've mentioned this and like... I, the Running Man is not a good movie. It's <laughs> No, but it's one of the most fun movies. I just, like it's ridiculous. It's a blast. Like it's so, yeah, it's so silly and absurd and nothing like the book and which is why it was so funny that people were losing their minds. They're like, oh, you can't remake a classic. And, and it's it was directed like, by Starsky, I think. It's it's one of the two. I, I always so. I always forget which one. It has Fleetwood Mac in it, you know, acting or and, some uh, of them. Jim Brown and Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh man, so what a cast! That's you know. what makes Dawson. it a perfect not remake. Is because the Schwarzenegger one was a Schwarzenegger movie, mm-hmm. but the book is very different. Oh, and yeah. I imagine Edgar Wright's adaptation will be on the book. Yeah, where I forget because I haven't read it in a long time. But isn't the book like? To speak of Florida, wasn't it like it was something like you start in Florida and you have to walk to Seattle and you can drive or you could hop a train. But along the way, people are bounty hunting yeah. you or calling 1-800 yeah. numbers. It's like Man Tracker meets John Wick a yeah. little bit, I guess, meets Survivor, I suppose. And plus, considering when that book was written, it'll be interesting to see if Edgar keeps it in that time frame mm-hmm. because that makes a very different movie. Like a society hunting you down that doesn't have the internet or cell phones that puts a, a twist on the story for mm-hmm. sure of if he sets it present day versus 85 it could go either way though because it's also interesting if they do do it at present day because yes. you have that kind of connection with everyone has a cell phone so it's like i'd be fine with either of those actually. and we're in such a world of reality tv and weird game shows that have spruced up in the decades since Running Man was a fictional story. On the heels of Running Man, there was stuff like, you know, American Gladiators and and WWF exploding back in the 80s, all that kind of stuff of, mm-hmm. of kind of watching violence. Yeah. Well, it's just crazy to me. Like, this is exactly what we should be, quote unquote, remaking, you know, because it, it, exactly. it's actually an adaptation of a book. It's not a remake of the movie, but clickbait headlines or whatever. I'm like, this is exactly what, you know, you got an amazing director with an amazing track record, a great book that you know like that you can mine from and be completely different from the absurd other movie that i love with all my heart yeah i mean people gotta hey it's like that's I'm, i'm behind now everyone's angry because the muppets has a warning in front of it i love that i love i love people are like they canceled the muppets and i was like no because it's still on their platform yeah all they did was i don't even know what it says it says like you know this show may have a few controversial moments in it 
blah blah blah. It's the same thing they put in front of Dumbo, or the same thing they put in yeah. front of Pinocchio. So, oh, like like this might be for they, sure. This might this anger might be you a little. Uh, <laughs> politically incorrect yeah it's just like a dude being like and it's totally fair because gwen and i have watched three or four episodes so far and there's nothing in it that made me shocked but there's a couple of things you know just with the way a muppet looks like one for lack of a better term is like a an indigenous muppet with a headdress on and you look at that and you're like i don't know if that flies you know and so disney to defend the giant heartless corporation they didn't censor the muppets they didn't cut out any scenes all they did was on their menu put in a little like it would be like the same thing if they put a, a Quentin Tarantino movie on and they left it with all the sex and violence in it, but just put a warning and said, This has some sex and violence in it, but it's uncut. And then people started yelling, You cancelled Quentin. You're like, Well, no, it's still there. Yeah, it's, it's like you want the censorship or do you want the like one little blurb? You know? Well they now have warnings if they're if they're maybe smoking in a movie or TV show. And that's nothing new, right? I remember when ratings started getting funny there'd be like a green band trailer with the warning and the warnings used to be pretty generic. You know, it would say like, this has violence, this has nudity, this has brutal violence, but then there'd be stuff like ninja violence. Hmm. And I remember that on some like three ninjas kickback movie or something like yeah, that. Or sci-fi violence. I think sci-fi violence, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now like, I mean, even if it's like, you know, a world war two movie, anything like that, where there's smoking, I think that's almost like swearing now. Like, I think that's an an instant 14A, possibly. Hmm. Well, I watched a Catherine Hepburn movie recently on the Criterion channel, Holiday, with Cary Grant. Hmm. Okay. And there's a scene where she lights up a cigarette, and I was kind of shocked. I'm like, whoa. What's that? Like, because I'm just not, I don't see that anymore. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's the same. You don't see people, I don't think you see people smoking movies anymore. Not really. And a woman, too. And it's like, I don't know, it's just obviously something that's very. And it's old-fashioned true, for that you sure. don't see anymore. It's true in real life, too, because like most of my friends are in their 30s and 40s, and very few friends and acquaintances I know smoke. Like, very few. If you watch... It's so funny. Like, you watch Superman, like Christopher Reeve Superman, and that's the big thing, is Lois is smoking. Like, it's a part of her character. But even though it's back in the 70s, I think there's scenes where people are kind of like, oh, you can't smoke in here. Like, that movie's not, like, made two years ago. Yeah. But... So that is our heroine in the movie is smoking. Well, and, in newspaper rooms in those days, everybody smoked. Oh, yeah. Smoke, 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 smoke. And so you see like, yeah, any any war movie, any Western, anything like that. But like in Marvel Comics, it's been quite some time. I might be exaggerating, but it might be 20 years, if not 15 years, where they just blanketed and said cigarettes do not exist in the Marvel Universe. Like there's none. So when I was a kid, the thing... Nick Fury and Wolverine all smoke mm-hmm. cigars. That For was kind sure. of part of their thing. Well, what about Tony Stark? He's a drinker, right? Well, that yeah, that was a big part of the plot line where he was he was like alcoholic. Yeah. It was a good storyline. But so that's still there. But yeah, so they full on of like, no, like on this planet, smoking does not exist. It's like a different world storyline or something. Pretty much. Like, you yeah. can look at it that way of like in the MCU. But now I can't remember. Like, does Nick Fury in the MCU smoke? I don't. I don't, I don't know. So. I would not have even thought about but it. But Logan does. Like, Wolverine does. He smokes his cigars in the movies. Okay, yeah. And I can't argue it. Like, I mean, I hate smoking as much as the next person. But my only thing is if you're doing a World War II story, I think it's okay to have cigarettes there. Right. Because it's part of its thing. Or if you're doing some historical drama and the character in it, I'm just making this up, but like if JFK smoked or Sinatra smoked, 
I think it would be weird to take that out of the equation. Oh, yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. No. Like, you watch these old... If they were to make a World War II movie now and no one's smoking... Yeah. That would, that would be weird. Or even, like, even if they're just trading cigarettes or something like that, you don't have to show them smoking them, but, like, to have them not exist, mostly, like, that's just weird. But I don't mind them saying the thing doesn't smoke. Yeah. I especially don't mind it if they write it in and be like, oh, I stopped because I have a family and kids look up to me. I, that's fine, you yeah. know. But, yeah, it is weird if all of a sudden they're like... No smoking in Vegas in the 50s. Yeah, didn't exist. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so let's... Uh, I know Eric has more or less of a heart out, so Listen. we got to keep going. <laughs> I'm not, I don't keep checking my phone to see that my <laughs> wife is literally in the parking lot next door. It's fine. So let's just briefly mention that we have more movies coming up next week. So starting with the week of Friday, February 26th, we have an Ottawa premiere, a dramedy called Our Friend, with Jason Siegel and Dakota Johnson and Casey Affleck. Oh, yeah. And the trailer's really good. To give the blunt elevator pitch, it's, it's a, a trio of friends, a couple and another friend, and one of them is dying, and I think there's no coming back. And so it's their last days, weeks together, and there looks to be mm. funny family moments and sad moments. One of those kind of movies. The guy from The Muppets. So guy from The Muppets. And Dakota Johnson, who, this sounds funny, but like someone like her, I'm like, I'm so proud she made it out yeah. because her first big claim to fame is a big mainstream studio trilogy based on some schlocky romance books or schlocky X-rated romance books. And that could have been the beginning and the end of her. But that in the last few years, she's done movies like Our Friend and Peanut Butter Falcon and other stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's like good on her for kind of soldiering on and yeah. saying like i can be more than that yeah yes just like the twilight twins as we call for them. sure <laughs> yeah 100 percent. then our other ottawa premiere this week on the complete opposite end of the spectrum is psycho gorman nice yeah very different and that's some hometown canadian content pride i've heard nothing but amazing things about this movie just from a few different nerd podcasts i listen to i also listen to the flop house which i know a few of our listeners also listen to. And Stuart, one of the hosts, has a cameo in Psycho Gorman. Oh, nice. And I don't know how. I think it might be like a genuine cameo, like, you know, him walking by in the background or something <laughs> like that. But they were joking on a recent podcast that they hope this gets him a Psycho Gorman action figure because his role is about as big as a number of characters. Is this kid-friendly or is this... No. no this is... For... Nah. The whole kind of wasn't sure i thought it was this like kind of like goonies it's sort of hard to tell or... from the ad too because it could go either way but no i heard that <laughs> no. exact thing where on a podcast on uh, doug loves movies one of the guests said i thought we were about to watch goonies and i watched it with my 12 year old and then 10 15 20 minutes in there's this like crazy gore scene and she's like oh i've made a mistake <laughs> but that's its kind of thing is i think it's in the style of an amblin 80s movie definitely yeah but it's an r-rated horror movie not horror in the way of like texas chainsaw but i don't know campy gore maybe but it's supposed to be great i'm, I'm glad we got to get it because we were supposed to have it before the most recent yeah. lockdowns it's like silly gore you know like it's not scary or anything like that it's fun yeah so that's our two ottawa premieres then a third film which might as well be an ottawa premiere Memories of Murder from Bong Joon-ho. Oh, I'm dying to see this. And it's from 2003, but it's been a very hard movie to track down. Like, it's not readily available on quote-unquote TV, a streaming service. I it was at one point, I think. Was not, it? Not anymore, thankfully. So thankfully, people, yes. <laughs> people come here to see Exactly. It. And I think only if you were the most diehard of Blu-ray nerd would you track down a Blu-ray of it. So I, I think this is this is its first bad timing for it, but this is its wider North American release. And even the trailer we have 
treats it like a new movie, which is funny. It's kind mm. of a good trick where they don't say, I don't think they say like a classic film from Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> they say like from the director of Parasite. So this is a brand new yeah, ad campaign. How, yeah, that's nice. how you'd have to market it. And so I think I would hazard a guess that that 17 weeks that we had Parasite, many of those people have never heard of this movie. Probably mm. some are diehard fans and have heard or even seen it, but I've never seen it. So that's a fun thing where it's kind of like almost a new film, but from 2003. From the director of The Host. So and The Host. Yeah, look yeah. forward oh, to the that. The Host is so good. I got to yeah. watch that again. Yeah, fun movie. And it has, in the trailer, it has like many of the same actors that he's worked with over yeah, that, and over Yeah, that again. one guy, I forget his name, but the guy who plays the dad. Yeah, is yeah. In it. so good. The dad in both The Host and Parasite? I think so, yes. yeah. And he's in uh, Memories of Murder. He's just the dad in all of his movies, basically. <laughs> it's like easy to cast. Then we have a second film for the tail end of Black History Month. Currently, even as we speak, we're playing Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And then for a more modern take, we're playing Spike Lee's Jungle Fever. So many kind of touchstones in there. It's like Sam Jackson and Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. It, John Turturro? John Turturro. Mm-hmm. It won and... some award at Cannes. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson won. I think what happened was they created a, an award for him because oh, wow. they liked his performance so much that wow. they gave, they created like a best performance award just for him, apparently. Sweet deal. And that was before <laughs> Pulp Fiction and that was kind of his breakout role in a way. Yeah, this is, it's coincidentally, it's its 30th anniversary. So yeah, it would have been a couple years before Pulp Fiction and a year before Amos and Andy, I think. Oh God. God. Amos and Andrew. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh God. Yeah, not good. Before Jurassic Park, before Pulp Fiction, and then, since then, he's been Samuel yeah. L. Jackson. <laughs> Before Juice. Is he in Juice? No, he was in Fresh. My bad. Fresh is a great movie. Yeah, that's a really good movie. That's a great movie. I watched it for the first time like during like the first lockdown, I think. And it's a hard movie to find. I think it got pretty great reviews. Like, Siskel and Ebert really liked it, yeah. but like it doesn't, it doesn't seem to have the following no, it Nobody deserves. talks about it at all. No one talks about it. It kind of... Did it get squished by, like, Boys in the Hood? Yeah, I think it kind of yeah, menace to society. Because a lot of like the... menace to society, but like all those movies were coming out in the '90s, and I guess yeah. Fresh got lost in the shuffle. But it's, I think it's so. fantastic. Like Juice and Fresh are so similar in title that it's like easy to kind of like Fresh Juice is so delicious that it gets confusing. <laughs> yeah, we're doing fresh our best. And juice. <laughs> and then finally this week, as a tribute to the late great Christopher Plummer slash 30th anniversary of the film, we're screening Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country. With all due respect to some other great character actors like Ricardo Montalban and Christopher Lloyd and Malcolm McDowell and what's her name? Alice Cringe. I think Christopher Plummer is the coolest villain in the Star Trek movies. Probably just, so. I'm just, a Borg fan, but you know, that's that's like yeah, a whole collective. You can't yeah, really yeah, count yeah. that. I saw the trailer. What's really fun about it is it's, it's this big kind of strangely Shakespearean epic in which our hero, Captain Kirk, is going through some issues he's kind of like this like racist against klingons in the movie so he's going through that and then also it's kind of the retirement of these heroes like they're in their last adventure it's got this self-contained thing too because star trek 2 was tied into the tv show star trek 2 3 and 4 were a trilogy star trek generations right after it was Next Generation, First Contact was the Borg. But this, I think, more or less, you can just watch it. Like, if you don't know anything about Star Trek, I think you can watch Star Trek Six and just enjoy it as a good sci-fi movie. Like the second one. And it's the director of the second one. So what a lot of people think are the two best Star Treks are Two and Six, and it's the same guy directing it. So I haven't seen either of them. I saw Three, three, Four, and Five. 
That doesn't, it doesn't really help. No. Three was the one we saw as a kid. I only saw Search for Spock with no context, really. Wait, you saw Search for Spock, but not Wrath of Khan? Yeah. That's not how you see those. Know, right? My parents were not doing it properly. That's like jumping into Return of the Jedi and being like, who's Darth Vader? Yeah, we did think it was a bit weird. We just you open the movie and they fire off his body. Then we're trying to find <laughs> his body. He's like, what? He died? What? Come on. Spoiler. Yes, I guess. Sorry. I will just quickly mention that... We also have our return of Saturday Night Cinema on Saturday, February 27th. The latest Late Late Show secret free presentation for members. I have an idea of what it is. I'm not... Well, I'm not... I obviously can't, you can't tell. You can't tell. <laughs> Search for Spock. Come on. If it's going to be what I think it is... Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I was no going to say. No matter what we show. Yeah, we, if it's good. <laughs> every time we've had a cinema, we've sold out the cinema over these crazy in between lockdown times so expected to be packed we don't have advanced tickets for that you just show up so show a bit early if you want to that one to make sure you get in so we will wrap up for the week i see eric checking his phone i don't know if he's in trouble totally unrelated are you in trouble uh, she's at shoppers but the two things she wanted are sold out so now she's really pissed off oh man now you're <laughs> late and she didn't get whatever she wanted to shoppers. yeah i know it's not good thanks very much for listening everybody thanks for coming to see movies in the last couple days if you've done so or for planning to Come and see movies in the next upcoming weeks. Check our website. We keep updating. We've got so many movies coming up. Cool retro stuff. Cool classic stuff like Woman of the Year and Jezebel. Some really cool new documentaries like Stray. Gabriel Byrne in Death of a Ladies Man. Sigourney Weaver in My Salinger Year. So we just keep booking movies. So yeah. being the only game in town might help with that. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Stay tuned to our social media. Go visit our friends at House of Target across the street who are open on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we look forward to seeing you back here soon at the Mayfair Theater to watch movies. Bye. Bye. Bye now. Next week, I can tell you about how I watched Deathstalker 2. Whoa. Way better than Deathstalker 3. For one quarter of a century, they have thrilled us with their adventures, amazed us with their discoveries, and inspired us with their courage. Their ship has journeyed beyond imagination. Her name has become legend. Her crew, the finest ever assembled. We have traveled beside them from one corner of the galaxy to the other. They have been our guides, our protectors, and our friends. Now you are invited to join them for one last adventure. For at the end of history lies the undiscovered country. Star Trek VI, the undiscovered country.